there! Welcome everyone to the Storybook Amusement Podcast. I'm Matt, and just right here at the top, thank you everyone so much for listening, wherever you're listening, whenever you're listening. I appreciate it. As far as Storybook Amusement goes, you can find all videos, content, articles, and more at storybookamusement.com. There's embroidered merch on there, inspired by the theme parks. Anyway, it really helps support Storybook Amusement, and just thanks everyone for checking it out. Anyway, on to today's topic. So even though I've established myself exclusively as a Horror Nights podcast here lately, that's what happens when I start a podcast leading up to September and the spooky season is here. But putting that to the side for a second, even though that's super exciting right now, there have been other exciting things going on in theme parks. Over the past few months, there have been a lot of recent coaster announcements, and I just kind of wanted to run through them real quick and share my thoughts and just look forward in general to new roller coasters coming to theme parks. That's what we all love, right? Right? There's a lot of stuff coming out of the Cedar Fair parks, out of the Six Flags parks, out of regional parks like Silver Dollar City, there's Fire in the Hole and stuff, so let's go ahead and get into it. First up, we've got Kings Island, and Kings Island, and just Cedar Fair parks in general, so Cedar Point, Knott's Berry Farm, Carowinds, some of the parks like that, a lot of them have this Camp Snoopy area, or sometimes it's Planet Snoopy, or some parks, I think they have both. As I'm talking right now about this, I'm looking over, in my room I've got a Camp Snoopy pennant hanging up with Snoopy and little Woodstocks on a canoe, Rowan down a little stream in the middle of the wilderness. It's adorable, and that came from a visit when I was a kid to Knott's Berry Farm and enjoyed the whole park, but I really do have a lot of fond memories like spending pretty much the whole day with my mom in the Camp Snoopy area because I was pretty young at that point. So, you know, all these tiny little rides, they were massive to me, and Camp Snoopy, it's just a wholesome little area, no matter what park you're in, across the Cedar Fair chain. Just a wholesome little thing. It's sweet. The peanuts are classic. They're sweet. They're easygoing. Just who doesn't love them? Kings Island specifically, though, next year they announced that they are expanding their Camp Snoopy and they are introducing a new Snoopy roller coaster. So this is going to be Snoopy's... Uh, not Snoopy. <laughs> I don't know who Snoopy is. Maybe there's a Snoopy? I don't know. He was kind of the original Hannah Montana with all these different personalities. He's got the uh, Red Baron personality he's got the um joe cool and who's spike spike's a different dog right spike isn't snoopy right i don't i'm not caught up on my snoopy lore i guess <laughs> anyway 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 so king's island new coaster it's gonna be called snoopy's soapbox racers so this is a boomerang family coaster designed by vacoma it's got a track length of 672 feet and actually, since it's a boomerang, you're going to go forward and back, basically. The length traveled is going to be 1,400 feet. It's going to go up to 36 miles per hour, which obviously is not a record-breaking coaster or anything. But again, this is Camp Snoopy. This is the family coaster. And Kings Island has done a great job with their recent additions. You think of Mystic Timbers. The wooden coaster there has pretty good theming. Um, they've recently revamped their Adventure Express coaster, which even before they revamped it, I loved that coaster and I haven't done it since they revamped it, but 
they've just been putting a lot of care and attention into theming recently. Kind of seems like a little bit of a theme with the Cedar Fair parks. But Snoopy's Soapbox Racers, for some reason, is really hard for me to say. That coaster in particular, it looks like it has some pretty good theming as well. Obviously, anytime you got a Soapbox Racer coaster, it's going to be classic. It's going to be good. It's just cute and whatever. There's not too much to say about a family boomerang, but... You know, it's an addition. It's some good stuff. Another announcement for 2024. I'm going to stick with the family boomerang for just a second. Over at Holiday World, we've got Good Gravy coming to the park next year. And if you haven't seen this announcement video, it's top notch. No doubt about it. They did such a good job capturing the tone of this ride and just setting expectations as far as how ridiculous this concept is going to be. So Good Gravy, if you've never been to Holiday World or don't know anything about it, it's exactly what the name implies. The whole park is themed to different American holidays. You walk in and the entrance area is Christmas and you've got Fourth of July. Another section, you've got Thanksgiving and things like that. And so this is going to be in the Thanksgiving section, this new coaster. And what else can you theme a Thanksgiving coaster to? You've got a pilgrim coaster already with the voyage. You've got a turkey coaster, pretty much, with Thunderbird. And now you have a gravy-themed coaster in the Thanksgiving section. So it's just perfect. One little detail here is that good gravy is stylized with an exclamation point at the end. So it's just kind of spunky. It's got that little exuberant exclamation point there. Good gravy. But this is very similar to the Snoopy coaster I was just talking about. This is a steel family boomerang coaster. So you're going to go forward. You're going to go back. It's about 1,500 feet. Also designed by Vacoma, the same manufacturer as the Snoopy roller coaster. It's going to be 77 feet tall and hit a top speed of 37 miles per hour. So pretty much almost exactly the same stats as the Snoopy coaster. But one big difference here, we were just talking about theming with good gravy they went all out. You don't just hop into a standard coaster train with like boxy ride vehicles or anything, just a standard seat on a track. No, this one, you are sitting in a little gravy boat, little gravy dish, and it's painted to look like a old school classic dish that's been in the family for generations, like something your grandma would own. It's perfect. And I can't emphasize enough if you haven't seen the announcement video for this, you have to. It's so good. I know it's marketing. Who's going to go actively seek out and watch a commercial? But this one, it's so good. They totally got the cheesy, self-aware vibe out of this ride. Everything they've done about this ride so far, about this coaster, this theme, they've just nailed it. So as far as a family boomerang coaster goes, this is just about as good as you can get. Alright, next up, we're back to the Cedar Fair Parks for a little bit. Earlier, I mentioned Cedar Point in passing. Well, Cedar Point is getting what I would consider a new coaster. Pretty much a new coaster. Kind of a new coaster, really an old coaster. You be the judge. I don't care. I think it's a new coaster. Some people might not. It's not that big of a deal. It's a roller coaster. Anyway, if you've heard of Top Thrill Dragster, get ready for Top Thrill 2. 
So Top Thrill Dragster obviously has been one of the tallest coasters in the world, one of the fastest operating coasters in the world, and it's been closed for a few years following an incident, and it's had a ton of issues over the years. It's been known for being down all the time and not really operating on a consistent basis. It's been considered one of the best coasters out there. A lot of people will have it ranked like top 20 or something like that. Depends on who you ask. I have not had the opportunity to ride it because when I was at Cedar Point was last year and of course it was closed. But Cedar Point has been working on Top Thrill Dragster and revamping it to give it a second life kinda. So Top Thrill 2, the reason I'm calling this a new coaster is because they're adding new track to it and it's going to be a new experience. So the revamped version is going to be worked on by a manufacturer called Zamperla. And as far as I'm aware, this is probably the largest project they've ever worked on. As far as the layout goes, this is a launched steel coaster. It has a giant 420 foot tall top hat. Yes, 420 feet, massive. You'll start off by launching from zero to 74 miles per hour up the top hat, not quite make it up over the top hat, you'll roll back with a 101 mile per hour launch backward. And at that point, you'll go up this spike and then fall forward and go through a 120 mile per hour top speed launch over the top hat. And then you wrap around and that's the whole ride right there. So you do a little kind of back and forth and then work your way up over the top hat. And what's interesting to me is that 101 mile per hour backward launch there are not many coasters that go 100 miles per hour to begin with, let alone 100 mile per hour backward launch. I know there are other backward launches out there in the world. This is not the first one. But for one to go that fast, and ultimately you're going to go over 400 feet in the air, this is something definitely I'm looking forward to next year. And I'm glad Cedar Point is able to revitalize this attraction and hopefully this version of Top Thrill Dragster, Top Thrill 2, will be more consistent, will operate regularly, and won't have incidents and things like that. So I'm hoping to make it out to Cedar Point at some point and actually get on Top Thrill 2. Although I really wish I got to ride the first one. But anyway. On to another Cedar Fair Park. Up in Allentown, Pennsylvania, there is Iron Menace at Dorney Park. Dorney Park is a historic theme park. I think I read somewhere the 2024 season is going to be the 140th season for the park. They have some good coasters there. It's a small lineup, but for as far as what they have, it's pretty good. But they are adding to that lineup. And what they're getting for 2024 is a B&M dive coaster, so... B&M is the coaster manufacturer that makes those coasters with the boxy track. So think of Hulk at Universal or over at SeaWorld, you got Mako and Manta. At Busch Gardens Tampa, you got Kumba and Montu. And more specifically, Shikra. Shikra is a B&M dive coaster. So it's going to be kind of in the same style of that. Iron Menace at Dorney Park will be 160 feet tall, so not quite as tall as Shikra is. It'll go 64 miles per hour with a 95 degree drop. So I think this is the steepest drop on a B&M dive coaster so far. I may be mistaken, but usually they're 90 degrees. I think maybe one or two go 91 degrees, but I think this is the first time they're going to 95 degrees. So ooh, steep drop. Iron Menace will have four inversions. And if you look around at the other B&M dive coasters, 
they're kind of little copy and paste with the same inversions and general layout on all the different coasters out there of this same type. Not exactly, but just kind of very similar. I think Yukon Striker up at Canada's Wonderland was one of the first to kind of change that pattern, kind of change that model type a little bit. And Iron Menace is going to be continuing on that trajectory. This coaster is going to have four inversions, and you're going to see a little bit of a different type of inversion variety than you kind of get on other B&M dive coasters. So some of the different ones you'll see on here, other than the Immelman, which is everywhere, you have a barrel roll, a tilted loop, which is like a vertical loop, but it's just kind of pushed to the side a little bit, so it's angled, and then also a corkscrew. So nothing groundbreaking or anything, just a little bit different, and I don't know, something to look forward to. Why not? I'd like to go back to Dorney Park, so this is a good enough reason for me, honestly. All right. Moving on from the Cedar Fair Parks, Six Flags Parks have announced a few different coasters. Not too many for 2024. They do have a lot of park improvements coming. I think I read that the Six Flags chain is investing $500 million across the chain for 2024. It seems like some of that budget is going to additions. Some of that is going toward improvements. Some of that number may be inflated because of the new park that they have going up over in Abu Dhabi. I think it's Abu Dhabi. Somewhere. Somewhere I'll probably never visit. Anyway, Six Flags. They kind of surprised the coaster community a little bit. Up in New York, there is Six Flags Great Escape, and they haven't gotten a new coaster since 2003. 2003, that was 20 years ago. Think of where you were in life in 2003 and the things that have happened since. And all the new rides that you've ridden since. All the new theme parks you've been to since. Whatever it is. All the life accomplishments you've had since. All the friends you've made. It's been 20 years since this park got a new coaster. And in 2024, they're going to get a new one. It's also being advertised as the first new wooden coaster in New York since 1999. Up at Six Flags Great Escape, new for 2024, is the Bobcat. So this, again, is a family coaster. That's been a bit of a trend for the new coasters for next year, but family coasters are not a bad thing, people. Kids like theme parks. Families like theme parks. Let them have fun. But anyway, this is still exciting. This is a 55-foot tall wooden coaster by Gravity Group. So they're known for making nice compact coasters that still have a little bit of a punch and everything. I rode um, up in Kentucky Kingdom. They have a coaster called Kentucky Flyer. Fine coaster. A good coaster. Nice and smooth. Has some airtime. I don't care if it's small, it's small but mighty. The Bobcat at Six Flags Great Escape will also go what they're advertising as nearly 40 miles per hour, I think is how they worded it. So it probably goes like 38, 39 or whatever. They didn't want to say 38, 39. It goes nearly 40 miles per hour. Watch out for the Bobcat. But in all seriousness, it's, you know, a new little family wooden coaster. Also, can I just say something about this name? The Bobcat? I love it. We're kind of in an era where a lot of coasters are coming out and it's Iron Menace, Steel Vengeance. I can't help but love we're getting a Back to Basics coaster name. Back in the day, you would get a coaster that's named The Bat and that's it. Or Big Bad Wolf. And all these parks needed to do was just connect the coaster to an animal name. And it was suddenly enough theming for them. I like that Six Flags said, you know what? We're taking the simple approach. They could have easily made it some DC superhero and just said, here you go, here's the Joker, here's Aquaman. I guess Aquaman wouldn't be a uh, wooden roller coaster, but 
And Six Flags has done weirder things before, right? Anyway, one more recently announced coaster in the Six Flags chain is for a park that, as of this recording, I was there yesterday. This is also a park that has not yet opened their coaster that was announced to open for summer 2023. And it is currently September 2023. And they have yet to open their summer 2023 coaster. But who's keeping track? Who's counting? Who cares? Whatever. New for 2024 at Six Flags Over Georgia is, well, it's unnamed. Currently, and I'm not sure if it'll still be open by the time I post this, but currently... Six Flags Over Georgia is holding a contest for anyone to name the coaster. So you could submit a coaster name and they'll have some sort of selection process after that. I believe if you go to their website or check out social media, you'll be able to find the link. If you want to submit a name, if you want to call it Monster Mansion 2, why not? Another good name, maybe, might be Poseidon's Fury because the new coaster is going to be a little water coaster. The unnamed coaster is being advertised as a first-of-its-kind ultra-surf coaster. So what that means is that this is the first installation of this specific model type by a certain manufacturer. It is going to be manufactured by Intamin, which there's a little bit of news there that Six Flags is working with Intamin again. But anyway, this is going to go 144 feet in the air, go 60 miles per hour at the max speed, It is almost 600 feet of track length, and it has forward and backward launches. Also, the ride vehicles are pretty cool. It's like a single surfboard type of thing, and on it, there are two different separate rotating, free-spinning circles with outward-facing seats. So, like, basically, you sit on a disc. There are two different discs with outward-facing seats on a surfboard. And so I don't think this actually has a splashdown. There is like a water fountain type of element where as you pass by, it'll spray up and there is like a pool area. So there will be kind of a quote unquote splash, but this isn't like a proper water ride where you're going to dive down into the water as far as I understand it. But yeah, there's going to be a little airtime moment, just some weightlessness going back and forth. This is kind of another boomerang coaster where If you look at the coaster layout, it's kind of more or less like a U. There are two spikes on either side and just a straight track in between. So you're just going to kind of coast in between the two, like a little half pipe kind of thing. I think it was funny. I saw some people saying Six Flags Over Georgia, this park really needed a water ride. So it's good. It's getting a water ride. The park already has a log flume and it already has a raft ride. So I don't really know why people were saying this park needed a water ride. Just a little backstory on this coaster, though. There was a water ride on this plot of land where the new coaster is going. That water ride has been gone for several years. Not too long ago, they tore it down and it's just been this empty plot of land overgrown by weeds and like crumbling concrete and stuff. So maybe that's why people are saying this park needed a water ride because they took out one of the water rides. But anyway, the old water ride wasn't anything special. It was Imagine the Jurassic Park ride type where you all get in a giant boat and basically you just went up a bare exposed lift hill, you turned around and then you went down the hill, you splashed down and you go straight back into the station. So it wasn't anything. It was just there was nothing around it. I mean, there were a couple trees and things like that. And I think it was painted blue. But other than that, it was like There was nothing to it. So it's not like the park is missing some grand water ride, but 
Anyway, new coaster for Six Flags Over Georgia getting its first launch coaster. Well, there used to be a launch coaster, but the park is once again getting a launch coaster because currently it does not have a launch coaster. And it seems like this one will have a decent entry point. It's not really a thrill coaster or an extreme coaster. It's just kind of that middle in-between area, almost like a family coaster, and I'm all for that. And just a quick side note, it's wild to me how we're here in 2023, 2024, talking about how a 60 mile per hour launch coaster is kind of riding that line of being a family coaster. Like think back to the biggest and baddest coasters in the 70s and 80s. And if it went 60 miles per hour back then, that thing was extreme. But now it's it's a family coaster. It's just wild how far roller coasters and the theme park industry as a whole has gotten. I think it's interesting. I'm here on the Six Flags website, Six Flags Over Georgia, looking at some of the information for this new coaster. And they have it listed as it's located in the Screampunk district, which is basically steampunk, but it's a theme park with thrill rides. So it's the Screampunk. Anyway, just think of bronze, brass, gears and just doohickeys and inventions and whatever. They've got a light steampunk kind of thing going on. But then they decide, you know what will go really well with this screampunk section? A surf coaster themed to the modern day surfer in the fresh aquatics of the ocean blue. Why not get a nice refreshing splash of steampunk in your face? That just that's I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's probably just a wayfinding thing that Six Flags just wanted this type of coaster and this spot was available and it's just how it works out. But all right, on to a coaster a lot of people have probably heard about. We've got Fire in the Hole at Silver Dollar City. So if you're unaware, Silver Dollar City is basically like Dollywood of the Midwest. It's the same company. And actually, put some respect on Silver Dollar City's name, because Silver Dollar City was the original Dollywood. Silver Dollar City in Branson, Missouri came first. And the park is just as beautiful, if not even more beautiful, than Dollywood. It has a great collection of coasters, and for 50 plus years, they've had this historic, long-standing dark ride slash coaster. It's called Fire It in the Hole. And the ride itself is very historic because the site of Silver Dollar City has a lot of history up in the Ozark Mountains and everything. And it's actually built on the site of a cave. So underneath the entrance of a theme park is this massive cave you can go and tour. And there's a whole backstory of there of real life history that has happened in that location. And Fire in the Hole has animatronics and old school special effects and music and everything. And it tells the story of Silver Dollar City and the things that have happened historically, like in the 1800s in this area. So it's really cool in that aspect. And also, I love me an old, greasy, fallen apart, rundown, squeaky wheel kind of ride with the crazy animatronics, funny lines, dialogue and stuff like that. And the old school special effects and just the smell of the building, an old 50 year old building. Anyway, Silver Dollar City advertises Fire in the Hole as the most historic indoor coaster. And as far as I'm aware, that's true because Fire in the Hole, you are in a coaster train. It does have a few drops, so it is technically a roller coaster. And it predates other historic indoor coasters like Space Mountain. As far as I'm aware, this is the oldest, this is the original indoor coaster, at least the original one that's still standing. 
But it's not standing for long because Silver Dollar City announced the original Fire in the Hole is closing at the end of the 2023 season. But don't worry, they are completely rebuilding the ride. It's going to be in a new building in a new section of the park. Fire in the Hole 2.0 is coming in 2024. The coaster track is going to be manufactured by RMC. If you don't know, RMC is Rocky Mountain Construction. If you've seen those old wooden coasters that have been converted to steel, they have this topper track with wild inversions and airtime moments and just different coaster elements modernized. That is RMC. They are the ones who convert old coasters, old wooden coasters, into steel. But Fire in the Hole will kind of be a predetermined layout. It's not really an original RMC design, so they're really just manufacturing the track, more or less. They're not. It's not going to be this wild experience, so don't expect a whole lot of RMC inspiration inside Fire in the Hole. Basically, the track layout is a very gradual incline as you go through these dark ride scenes. So imagine any dark ride at Disney or something like that, but you're going just ever so slightly uphill. Not really that noticeable. And then you're gradually making your way up to the top of the building. And then once you get to the end of the ride, you have a couple drops and that's the whole ride. It's a very gentle style coaster. It has a top speed of 26 miles per hour. So woo! Silver Dollar City advertises this as a coaster that guests ages 5 to 95 will enjoy. So definitely a fun for the whole family type of experience. And Fire the Hole 2.0 in general is being treated right. They are creating a new soundtrack for the ride. Well, they're re-recording the classic Fire in the Hole theme song. This is a ride that has its own theme song, guys. This is nothing to mess around. Don't sleep on Fire in the Hole. Don't sleep on it. It'll have updated special effects and things like that. It's bringing back the original show scenes. So Fire in the Hole, as you know it, is coming back. It's just going to be cleaned up, presented anew. And also, when Fire in the Hole opened back in the early 70s, it had some show scenes that were eventually removed from the ride. They've made some tweaks and just revisions over the 50 years that that ride has been open. Those original show scenes that haven't been seen in years are coming back to the new Fire in the Hole. So this is going to be a plussed up, amped up experience as far as Fire in the Hole goes. And just think about the possibilities for a theme park to say, hey, you know, our ride here or the building or whatever the circumstances are, our ride is reaching the end of its service life. We need to shut it down. We need to retire it. Thank you, Fire in the Hole, for 50 years of operation, but it's time to move on. It would have been completely acceptable if Silver Dollar City said, we need to close the ride. We're going to build a new coaster next year. Don't worry. And that's that. Fire in the Hole is no longer. But this is such fan service in the best way possible. Silver Dollar City taking the investment, the time, the resources, everything. This is not a cheap project. They are completely rebuilding a coaster in a giant building. A dark ride at that too. I guess what I'm saying is they didn't have to do this and they are giving this the proper right treatment. Think about all the classic iconic rides that have closed at one point or another and you know it closed because of age or it was reaching the end of its service life or something like that. Think back on I don't know what if Disney said we have to close Horizons. But we're rebuilding Horizons, don't worry. Or Universal said, yes, we're closing Confrontation. But don't worry, we're rebuilding Confrontation. Just things that I would never expect a park to do. 
when Universal closes Jaws, I'm like, you know what? There's a reason they closed it and they're not going to dig up the old blueprints and build this thing again. They're just not. It's it's not practical for them to do that. They're not going to spend the money. It's an old ride. There are reasons it closed in the first place. Why would they bring it back? You know what I'm saying? And I just bring up those rides as examples. I don't, I'm not calling for Horizons to come back. Confrontation. I love Confrontation. Whatever. Sure, if it came back, I'd love it. But that's not the point of this. It's just Silver Dollar City is proving that when a ride goes away and if a ride that's as beloved as Fire in the Hole was locally at Silver Dollar City, Fire in the Hole is a big deal. I know it's not a big deal on the scale of Disney rides, Universal rides, Orlando, California, International, but Fire in the Hole, Branson, Missouri, Silver Dollar City, it's a big deal. Silver Dollar City is just proving the point that just because you have to retire a ride doesn't mean you have to retire its spirit or something like that. I don't know. I'm not poetic enough to come up with something off the top of my head right now. Anyway, this is a an investment that's $30 million. They're doing fire in the hole right. And I'm I'm happy to see it. I'm happy to see it. I love fire in the hole. I went up to Silver Dollar City this year specifically because fire in the hole was closing. And who knows? I might go ride the new fire in the hole because I love fire in the hole that much. We'll just have to see on that though. Anyway, speaking of RMC, this is a proper original RMC coaster that was announced. Kind of, not really. So RMC themselves have announced that they have a new coaster model available. Currently, there are no announced upcoming installations of this coaster model. But RMC, still, if you're unaware who they are, think of Iron Gwazi. That's RMC. And all the Iron Gwazis of the world... That's what they've been known to do. Extreme, super intense coasters that just push the boundaries of what a roller coaster can do. Well, RMC's big new announcement is that they're saying, you know what, we're going to do a family coaster just to fit the theme of 2024. So RMC has announced the Wild Moose Coaster. This is a new take of those old Wild Mouse coasters. It's a compact little coaster And RMC is saying that the specifications of this coaster can fit on the exact plot of land as an existing wild mouse. They're not saying that they can take the supports of an old wild mouse and put their track on top of the supports. They're just saying they can come and take away the old wild mouse coaster and put their wild moose coaster in its place. So for some parks, this can act as a replacement for aging wild mouse installations out there it can work as an upgrade it might improve capacity because those wild mouse coasters they hold two four people per train and it takes a while it takes a while those lines can get backed up but another thing about this announcement if you saw the videos and pictures that came out about this you may have noticed on the front of the train this is the wild moose coaster after all there's a moose on the front of the train and yeah i don't know if a park does eventually buy this coaster model again there are currently no announced plans for this coaster model to come to any park anytime soon currently as far as we know but who knows if the park will actually have the moose on front of the coaster they might have their own theming or put something else up there but rmc themselves they're advertising this coaster with a little moose and it looks it's like a spitting image of bullwinkle like this goofy little moose on the front of a little coaster i love it I hope some park out there gets the generic baseline model wild moose train with the goofy little moose at the front. And on the topic of the train, 
I think this coaster here, I think they also announced that this is going to have a new style of train. So RMC has developed a new type of train for these rides. So that in itself is exciting. So it's nice to see RMC getting into the family realm as far as intensity goes. It's always good to have more diverse coaster lineups out there. And I'm all for a wild moose coaster. Why not? I've been on a while, enough wild mouse coasters Wild mice, whatever. I've been on enough of those. Give me a wild moose. All right, so that just about wraps up all the coasters for 2024 that have been recently announced. This isn't an exhaustive list of every coaster coming in 2024. Obviously, there's the unannounced SeaWorld coaster. I think it's Project Toboggan or something like that. It's going to be over in the Antarctica section, kind of replacing the old trackless ride that used to be there. Empire of the Penguin, shout out to Puck, love you Puck. I think that one also is a family launch coaster, so shout out to family launch coasters in 2024. Also over in the UK, there's obviously Project Exodus. It's going to be the country's tallest coaster, so it doesn't really deserve to be shoved here at the end of the podcast, but yeah, looks like a really, really, really solid coaster. Produced by Mock Rides, so you know, it's going to be good. Obviously, there's the Nemesis retrack. So UK also has some good stuff coming. I'm sure, there are a ton of other international coasters, but I was just reacting to the recent announcements here in the States. It's been a good announcement season. And you know what? Theme parks are fun. I just wanted to come up here and talk about some theme parks. So thanks everyone so much for listening. I really appreciate everyone's time. And let me know if you have any thoughts on up any of these upcoming coasters and if you plan to go ride them or whatever it may be. Which one are you looking forward to the most? Which one is most likely to get you in a car and drive out to Dorney Park or Kings Island or any of these parks we're talking about here? Holiday Worlds, Silver Dollar City. Anyway, thank you everyone so much. Remember, you could save 10% on any two items at storybookamusement.com shop. Use the promo code SAVE10. Sign up for the Storybook Amusement Patreon for as little as $3 per month. You get access to exclusive podcast episodes, stickers, and early access to videos. Go to patreon.com storybookamusement to sign up. By the way, shout out to Parallel Disney and Nick E and Sedge101, why not, and my other patrons. I appreciate you all, everyone who signed up for, so far. I really do appreciate the support, really do appreciate it, and just anyone for your support in general, whether you're just liking something, you know, just helping out the algorithm, or having discussions about theme parks, I appreciate you all. Anyway, you can follow Storybook Amusement on YouTube, x slash Twitter, and Instagram. Just search up Storybook Amusement, or look in the description of this podcast episode, because I'll probably link it there. Anyway, once again, really appreciate everyone's support. Really appreciate your time. Thanks for listening. If you want to give this a five-star rating on your podcast app, I've been, I've heard that's a good thing, so I don't know. Go ahead and rate it five stars. Thank you. Thank you. That does it for this episode. So, until next time, everyone. Thank you.